Hey, this is Austin from Waterparks and all your other favorite bands too, and you're listening to the Rock Sound Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Rock Sound Podcast. I'm Will Cross, junior editor of the magazine. Thank you so much for subscribing over the past three weeks. It's been absolutely insane. We broke world exclusives last week with Andy Beersack. It was crazy. Joining me, as always, Tamsin Wills. Hiya! How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Will? I'm very, very good. Yes, things are going swimmingly. They are, aren't they? Going very, very well. We couldn't be more happy. Absolutely. And Mr. Jack Rogers. Hi, Will. How are you? I'm very well. It's been a bit mental this week, hasn't it? <laughs> Actually has. It feels yeah. like everything's stepped up about a billion gears. It's yeah. all because of Andy Beersack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd like to give a quick shout out to Chris Beersack, though. The, uh, the old self-proclaimed old geezer. Yeah, the self-proclaimed old geezer of it who's helped us in more ways than one to keep this po- like push this podcast a bit more. But shout out to Knucklepuck as well. Oh, like, big time. They've been doing it and it was really awesome to see the reaction of people getting excited about that album as well. Yeah, so, chatting, to, chatting to Kevin about the ins and outs of Shapeshifter was, was so, so cool. Like to chat about Third Eye Blind, you know, and talk about Sunday and Brand New, all those bands was so, so cool. So shout out Mr. Beersack, shout out Mr. Maida, shout out... Um, Chris Beersack as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and like this week, I think the interviews are going up another notch. I think so. Um, so we've uh, we've already got a bit of a bumper episode today in that we're going to be running three completely different interviews as well as all the extra features and everything going on. So it's going to be pretty crazy. So coming up, we've got an absolutely mental interview with Yumi at Six Frontman, Josh Franceschi, who... Um, Poured his heart out, really. Um, chatted to me for a long, long time um, about all things that were going on with the band, uh, all things that were going on since the release of Night People at the start of the year. And um, yeah, some very um, sort of. Uh, difficult and um, close to the bone things as well which was very brave of him to talk about so we've got that coming up we've got the return of one Miss Tay Jardine in Saint who uh, who came to join us um, absolutely insane we had a chat before we saw her um, at the debut London show for Saint um, that was that was brilliant we'll talk about that later um, but we, yeah we chatted all things Saint uh, her time away and uh, how good it feels to be back and then finally we've got the absolute world exclusive. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Dallin Weeks, uh, bass player of Panic at the Disco and uh, much adored by all of you out there. Um, his secret project, <laughs> I don't know how, but they found me. Um, yeah, we've uh, we've gone and got the world exclusive. We got so. the man. We did, we got him. We got so, the man. So, uh, so yeah, we're, uh, we're going to be speaking to Dallin all about that and revealing everything that that project is and what's to come. So... Gonna be insane. What Can't a wait. show, Will. What a what show. A show. <laughs> what a show. <laughs> so excited we haven't even begun. Yeah, awesome. So uh, to click off then, we'll, we'll start off, we'll start off easy, the news. Um, so Sleeping with Sirens picked, of course, uh, their new song Legends for Team USA in the road to the Winter Olympics. They played that for the team at this year's Teen Choice Awards. Um, there's been the debut video from the fictional band from uh, American Satan, the film starring Andy Beersack. Um, it's called Let Him Burn. It features a ton of new footage of the new film 
That's going to be coming out in October. Stay tuned for lots more on that film and uh, some words from Mr. Beersack on that. Um, and then The Fever, Jason Butler from Let Live's new project. We've talked about them a lot already, but they finally released their debut track. It just drops out of nowhere. It's called We're Coming In. Um, it's pretty insane. And uh, there's heavy rumours that Travis Barker and Blink-182 played drums as well. Um I personally love it. It's angry. There's loads of swearing. It's it sounds a bit like old school Rage Against the Machine. Uh, it's angry. I, I love it. Tamsin, what are you saying? I mean, this is just you fangirling for about <laughs> three minutes, isn't it? I can. Well, I, we're I not going to make it that. I can just picture when you heard it, and you just sort of like heart oh, no. eye emojiing. Yeah. Like, I, I was there yeah. when he when he saw it. I first really time. hope that you recorded his right. reaction. Well, well, I mean, like it's gold. it's like in. It's in, in my memory. It's, it's, it's there for a long time. Because it popped when we were like, like when we were all out having a drink last week and Will just like scrambled to get his headphones and was just like, oh, not, I just need to hear it. And then just watching his face go from like, it's just go like a little smirk. <laughs> you know, like the Cheshire cat out of Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> yeah. It just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And then like your head started moving. Oh yeah. And then suddenly it was like you were hypnotized for two minutes, 15 seconds. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I, th- I think though as well like with, with the song obviously a lot of people know Jason Butler from Let Live yep. and I think if, if you were a fan of Let Live you are going to like this I don't think it's like too far away from what Live, Let Live did for you to like fans to be like oh my god what yeah. is this like I think I think Let Live fans are going to really enjoy it but there's a lot it's really angry there's like big riffs it's it's just a really really big song it's a big song first song to come out with as well yeah. so i think it'll be interesting to see where they go with it it feels a bit like an intro track as well and i feel like this is almost like the calm before the storm in that it, this is kind of announcing who the fever are and what they're about and then out of nowhere soon i feel like something else is going to drop um well, so i mean it's calm before the storm. It's like saying that a hurricane's coming for a thunderstorm. <laughs> oh, right? no, I know. I mean, like, that's true. That's true. But you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. this is us. But, like, I feel that there's just... I have this just this feeling there's more to come. I mean, they, they didn't start off quiet, did they? They played their first show in the parking lot of a donut yeah, shop. Yeah, on top of a van. On top like, of yeah, a van. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's yeah. quite a statement to make as, like, your debut anyway. Oh, yeah. So. My favourite part of that show was uh, John Fellman spending $300 on donuts oh, yeah. for everyone. Like, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, like, yeah. Jason was just Why like, wasn't yo, I yo John, 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 pay the man. Like, so I need good. to go and play a show, John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, more when we get that. And, uh, yeah, Jason, you want to talk to us? Talk to us. We want to know everything. Um, Real Friends, we've also started writing album number three. Um, Paris are uh, playing and doing a signing at the Hippodrome in Kingston in the UK on release day. So um, this time next week uh, for their new album. Um, and stay tuned for next week because we are going to be speaking to a Miss Ling Gun on album release day. So that's going to be awesome. And to finish off this week's news, uh, Wage War, um, their album Deadweight, uh, has increased sales by 268% compared to their debut album Blueprints, which is mad. That is mental. That's, um, a, that's a really high percentage. Yeah, yeah. crazy. It's, it's a percentage which doesn't actually exist. There's, it, there's in also the, that. Like, what, <laughs> it's yeah, that but, good. But that's how good it is, yeah. that you can't be better than 100%, but they've doubled that and then added another 68 Like, that's how well it is. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. It's actual... 
mental for a metalcore band to be able to achieve that it's in, huge in, in in this climate. Huge achievement, man. Like I think it just it's testament as well that if you write a good album, you know, that resonates, then you will do well. And I think that's awesome. So, uh, and also stay tuned on that because we're going to be speaking to frontman Britton Bond all about that and working with Jeremy McKinnon on the album next week as well. So We've got it all. We're spoiling you guys. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So, um, we'll kick off then. We'll get straight to it. Right. Interview number one, Josh Franceschi. Um, so, when I picked up the phone to Josh, I, I wasn't really sure what to expect, you know, because... You know, you and me have been doing bits and bobs since Night People came out at the beginning of this year, but like, it's not been totally clear what they've been doing. They're not, they haven't been super, super busy, and it's all gone a bit quiet as of recent. So I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. And I picked up the phone to him, and Josh, just absolute top guy, just chatted to me for ages about everything that's going on. He was so honest about what's been going with that band and how they feel about that album. Now it's been out there for, you know, seven, eight months. Man, like, I don't really know what to say. I think. I think you should listen to it and then we'll chat about it afterwards. But yeah, this was um, this was one of the the the, the most um, eye-opening chats I think I've ever done. So, Mr. Josh Franceschi from You Me at Six, here we go. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, we've been really excited about it, so I really appreciate it. No worries, mate. I'm uh, always here to tap to you, rock sound. So thanks for having me. <laughs> should be a laugh. Pleasure, man. Uh, let's kick off with Redden and Leeds coming up. Um, I've heard that's kind of going to be the beginning of the end of the night people cycle so i just want to kind of get into that and kind of wonder what the thinking behind that was is it because uh just so many new ideas are kind of already flowing um i think ultimately you know we're not looking at um we're looking at our band a little bit differently and we're not looking at stuff as you know the the sort of rock and roll or the, the guitar band way of doing things is you know putting out a record touring it for 18 months two years going away and making a new record and coming back again. Um, whereas we went away once and we're not going to go away again. Uh, we're already we're already writing at the moment with the aspirations that we'll have a new record done by the spring of next year. Um, that's obviously in a dream case scenario, but um, you know we haven't in between touring. Uh, we've been in the studio and when we've been on doing festival season and, and been on the road, we've actually been taking rig out with us as well um so the night people era for us is kind of if it the way of looking at it, at it coming to an end at reading is also kind of a nice thing for us because it's not been the easiest period of time um for lots of different reasons so i think we're looking forward to to sort of putting that behind us taking a few things from it and moving forward but um yeah constantly trying to as I said, when we between Cavalier Youth and Night People, I think the whole time we were touring Cavalier Youth, we didn't write any music at all. Um, so much so, I don't think even between, I didn't pick up a guitar for about two years. So I think you know, with this, with this sort of um, part of our of our band sort of career now, it's just sort of constantly writing, um, whether it be on laptops or on guitars or, or whatever, just always making music. So. Um, yeah, feeling feeling ambitious and feeling like we're we're definitely on course to achieve some of our goals in terms of new music and 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 when we and when people can hear that because we don't want our fans to wait like they did three years between Cavalier for Night People. Um, I'm I'm sure you would agree that you know the whole landscape of how people consume music now is so so different to how it was definitely. even. The last time we put out a record, we can believe how how much things have changed. The rules have changed completely. 
but it's also kind of exciting because, you know, there's, you know, little to no limitations to how you can to feed your fan base what they want and the music they want, and you can really deliver it. You know, um, you don't have to just think of the formula of, oh, we've got to make an album. You know, we're not looking, we're not even really necessarily looking at that. We're just thinking, how can we give our, our fans some great songs, you know, in the next few months uh, before the end of the year? So that's our target at the moment. Oh, that's awesome, man. I mean, in terms of sound, like how's the how are the new ideas sounding? I mean, is is there any kind of uh, overlap with um, with Night People, or is it completely different? No, I think I think um, I think one thing that Yumi Six have done for a while, maybe up until even kind of leave, was it was always like slow and steady um, tran- transitions musically from like one record to the next, and how we were evolving, but. I think because we wrote so much for Night People and we're writing so much at the moment that we're not really thinking about a necessary sound. We're just thinking about, you know, does the, does the song on its own, if it was an island, does it sound good? Um, I think with Night People, we, we thought and spent so much time trying to make a body of work where every song really made sense together. Um, sometimes I think we overlooked necessary whether or not the songs might have made sense to the group, but were they were they standout songs in their own? Like if you chuck them in a set with all of our other songs that are popular within our fan base, are these songs going to beat them or replace them? Um, and a few of them have, but a lot of them haven't really. So I think, yeah, we're just trying to write. We're trying to take all of the elements that we believe that is important to, to us as a band and what we're about and also, you know, what we believe. Um, with the like our band like about us and just trying to to do to do that and produce that without necessarily compromising the um our agenda you know like we're not just going to make we're never going to write songs that we literally wrote five six years ago and just try and repeat them because we saw success from it because that would be cheating the fan base and moreover would be cheating us but we're just trying to take the elements of our band that we believe are good and just try and make them better and better and which makes it exciting because we have no idea where it's going to go but that's kind of maybe I think maybe my main reservation or when I look back at it the main thing that I don't think we did very well with Night People and I think there's nothing wrong with making mistakes as long as you're willing to check your ego and learn from them but I think that you know the one thing that we did on Night People is we just sort of set ourselves down our own path and kind of didn't really think about other factors that would be important and maybe I think ending the cycle of Cavalier where we did being at the O2 and being at the main stage at Isle of Wight and these things like I think when you have then after those such highs if you don't necessarily um, have as smooth a next move and next transition with what you do musically as a musician it's like it's good because it sort of re-energizes and resettles and and gets your focus back and i think um as i said in turning we've had some had some dramas with the cycle i feel feel like every time we put our record something bad has to happen within our team internally um and it just i'm waiting for like to be able to do an interview and just be like everything's been fucking great we haven't had to battle for everything we're not in court you know whatever it might be so um, I think we needed that almost to realign us and not get, not give us our hunger back because we've always been very hungry, but maybe 
I think we just it was just all too much this time around. I don't think we managed to to deliver what we wanted to. So um, yeah, just looking forward to the future, man, because I, I'm, I feel very confident there's a lot in the tank. And of course, we have that massive slot at the Reading and Leeds Festival, which you know. Um, our main goal has always been when we were a band to one day headline the festival. Um, and this just feels like we got offered the exact same slot we've had before on the main stage, which was third from top. And we wanted a new challenge. We wanted something that didn't make it just feel like people had seen that same set but a few years later. So we've gone with this one, knowing that we were going to clash with all the other headliners um, and knowing that we have to put on a show that, you know, um, sort of, alluded to the fact that we deserve to be there. So that's exactly what we're putting together at the moment. Um, you know, for any any U Music fans listening to this podcast who are coming to the Reading or Leeds, I would say that this is not the kind of set that you want to miss out on. Um, so yeah, we're getting excited about it for sure. Wow, I mean, can you uh, can you reveal anything for the fans at all, or is it all top secret? Um, I think we just would. I mean, our main thing, other than conversations we've got with other friends that are either on the bill or aren't the bill about doing some cool collaborations is, is mainly the fact that we're bringing our arena headline show into a tent and I think that in itself will be something that people should be wanting to see uh, we're not just going in with a backdrop and just playing our songs, we're going in the show and I think you know a lot of our friends bands that have, have, have become great live bands who've been doing it for a long time alongside us they have the same ethos that we have which is every chance you have a moment to like make a point for yourself and what your band's about just spend all the money so as usual we're just spending all the money um, so yeah it's going to be a good one man it's going to be a good classic unit stick show with some with some uh, bells and whistles and you know hopefully as I said trying to work out different people joining us throughout the, the, the weekend so we'll see how that all comes together so I mean to be ending uh, the cycle on these you know really amazing things and then to be going into writing again on the new album um, does it feel like a like generally much more positive uh, process in general it does now it does now we, we found ourselves um, leaving our management company the same week our album came out uh, and so we self-managed ourselves for uh, quite a key part of the year, really, um, which was very straining on on the few of us that in the band that really took it on, but straining on all of us as a group. Um, and we just spent more time in the room with our lawyer than we would have liked to. Um, but I feel like now we've got a you know a great new management company um, who you know has been in the game for a long long time and I just sort of um, I've done a good job at rebuilding um, mainly uh, us mentally to be honest um, which there's a lot of a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes and actually I feel like it's not stuff that we'd ever reveal because I feel that it's important that. You know, the, the fans of, of any bands, um, of course, have a connection with you know their fans and, and, and vice versa. But I also don't see how it makes us any more of an attractive prospect for them to to enjoy if they know that actually there's been all this 
bad shit and what's going on and all that sort of stuff. But I think it does take a toll on uh, on us as young men. You know, only being I only turn twenty seven the day, and it's quite straining having a multi million pound business and people trying to ruin it whilst you're trying to like be creative and put on great shows and tour the world. It's a very difficult thing. But I think actually it's been our fans that have motivated our desire just to not throw it all in because I think we definitely had those conversations over the last few months where we just thought, fuck it, this is getting too much now. Let's just walk away from it. Um, and then something incredible will happen and you'll go and play a show um, that, you know, you realise what you miss out on. It's not, it's not the fucking fancy major label dinners and it's not the award ceremonies. It's not fucking people bigging you up online it's that human interaction where you're in a room on stage stuff that you wrote that was so personal and you know something that you never thought would um translate in the way it does and then suddenly you get these people that in the crowd that they're their songs now and i think that's a really music is one of those powerful tools which i don't really know how it can be replicated you know i don't i know there's other art forms but the, the power of the, the musician and the listener and that relationship they have I mean, so that's what bring, that's what always brings us back in every time things get difficult so um, yeah that's why we're just concentrating on now now we're in a good place just making sure we deliver some great fucking tunes for the people that put us where we are and so we can enjoy it with them oh man that's fantastic I can't wait to hear the new stuff I mean in terms of you mentioned earlier that um, you were hoping ideal scenario like spring next year um, do you reckon we might hear some sort of new music by the end of this year or when when would you think uh, people would be hearing stuff honestly um, we're in, in a position right now where we can't do anything publicly until we're out of certain situations. Um, in, an, in an ideal world, you know, we would be able to, because we're not actually touring that much between now and the end of the year, which is why, you know, we're all pretty confident that if we wanted to, we could be really spend the remainder of this year making a record and have it ready for spring, summer of next year. I'm very confident that we'll definitely have music out in the spring of the new year, whether it's a whole record or not, all remains to be seen. But, um, you know, I think the main thing, as I said to you before, was for us not to leave it too long. Um, and, you know, just make sure that whatever we put out, um, I think we're not, again, it's that almost with that whole streaming service now, it's sort of like we could put out one song, right, say on one Friday, and then a month later put out a completely different song that sounds completely different to that last one. And it doesn't need to be that thing of, are they putting out a record on how does it work or if we put out an EP or whatever, a mixtape or whatever we decide to do with it. And I think that's that's what we're finding really exciting is the sort of the avenues that we can take it. I mean, when I look back at some of our most popular songs um, across records, you know, we've, we've always done quite well with writing nice, chilled out, slow songs and maybe we'll do a whole EP of just that or maybe we'll do a whole EP of really hard-hitting rock songs we don't know yet because we're not really there yet if that makes sense but we love the idea that we could essentially do anything um and just release it without there having to be too much overthinking of it um but yeah first and foremost most important thing is for us just to write good music and put it out there for people to enjoy awesome so as you just heard josh was not holding back in that interview um 
Firstly, it's just it's crazy. I mean, you know, expressing he expresses disappointment with Night People that maybe it wasn't the album that they should have made, uh, and it didn't do the things that they kind of hoped it would when it was in the in the planning stages. Uh, I think it was very brave of him to uh, to say all of this, and then the the promise as well of new music as well. Um, Jack, what did you take away from it? I took away the most interesting part for me was the fact that Night People came out this year and like. Josh was talking like a man who, who's had an album out for like maybe two years, three years now, and just going, yeah, we've got it. Like, this is an album which is still fresh in people's minds. Like a lot of people, it's it is their album of the year, and to be that honest about something which is still very fresh for you, like it, it just sounds like it's not been the easiest period uh, for the band, which is really sad to say because like Yumi are one of the leading lights of British music, and they have been for the past ten years. Um, but it's it's nice to hear that like there's ambition in his voice as well. There's a there's a lot of like he didn't hold back. That was the thing, and I think to be in that position where you're not scared to talk about like why things have gone wrong, but to also know that it's going to push you forward to do something more. Yeah. Like and them saying that now like like they can break the mold and just constantly write and constantly create and do what they want. It's just like, it makes you feel as though UK rocks in a good place again. Yeah. When, when the bands are able to be this honest with themselves and not feel like they're stuck in a system. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, we've had bands who, who've come back from the brink to become even bigger and better. And that could happen to you at six. You know I mean? We've had architects. I mean, they, they, I like it personally, but they stumbled with the here and now, and now they're one of the most respected biggest metal bands probably on the planet. Um, you know, and you've had the same thing with while she sleeps this year when they self-funded you are we, and it charted in the top 10 in the UK. I mean, bands can come back bigger and stronger. And I yeah. think hopefully that'll happen with you at six times in. I mean, I think a, a really important point to take from that interview, something that really struck me actually when I was listening to it, is obviously they, they went away for a few years um, after Cavalier Youth to, to sort of write and focus and try and decide what band they wanted to be and what album they wanted to make. And Night, Night Peel was, you know, uh, the end result of that. Um, and that was meant to be the album that was like, we're back, we're doing this, we're never going away again, this is it, we're gonna go like bigger than ever before. And they like, when it came out, like everyone saw how much they were pushing it and believing in it. And then for Josh to say in the interview, a few months ago, we were close to calling it a day. Like it kind of shows what a difference those seven months have made. Yeah, it's scary, isn't it? Yeah, and like, as as he kind of tried to explain a lot, by the sounds of it, a lot of really shit stuff has been going on with mm. the bands, like, behind the scenes stuff that fans and, like, people like me and you, we don't really think about, we don't really see, we just, you know, see what they make. You don't understand, obviously, all the, like, nasty stuff that can go on in this industry. Um, and it sounds like they've finally got you know they can see the light at the end of the tunnel they're getting through all the rubbish stuff that's been keeping them from doing what they want to do so i really really hope what comes next spring is finally who they really are and what they really want to do because i just i feel i felt so like disheartened and sorry for just like i just wanted to give him a hug yeah he just feels so disheartened because they had so much belief in this that night people was going to be their album and it's just not happened for them. That's it. And it's and that's not necessarily their fault. It's you know there's obviously stuff going behind the scenes which is you know it it's not worked out for them. So I just I really really hope that 
they can figure it out and get something out to us. Uh, yeah, so I, I think it's going to be fine. Like, I think it's going to be fine. Well, I mean, yeah. we've got the promise, as Sam said, you know, we've got the promise of new music next spring as long as everything's straightened out. We don't know how they're going to release it and that sort of thing, but he's saying that that is the hope. Um, I'd love to see something like a kind of more ma- now mature and the kind of modern day version of Yumi at Six uh, version of the Sinners Never Sleep album in that yeah. that was so varied. And um, I, I actually, a bit of the chat didn't make the cut. I said to Josh that, you can't put a label on the album because there was so much going on. And he was saying, you know, like, well, that was kind of us finding our feet and working out which genre we want to, you know, fit into, but uh, and finding our sound. But I think now, because they've got that experience, that maturity, they could do that again, but nail it across the board, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. I think it's it's that right balance of being what made you big, but also not being tied to that. And I think... They're a band who has the confidence and the ambition and the drive to be able to do that now. And I think it's they're going to do exactly what they're supposed to be doing. I agree. It's simple as that. Like. Totally agree. We're wishing the absolute best with it. I mean, we can't wait to hear the new stuff. Just to finish up as well, uh, Redding sounds pretty crazy, right? I mean, yeah, they've... Uh, by the time there's going to be some pretty special guests. Yes. On uh, that stage with them, isn't there? Yeah, something's happening. I was looking it? at the lineup, and I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just, they could there pull are, from there anywhere. There are so many yeah. possibilities with that lineup of what <laughs> yeah. could happen. And it's just like, I don't want to look at it and be like, oh my God, it could be this. Because then I'll get my hopes up, and if it doesn't happen, then I'll be so so what, what's, what's your dream? I would like to, it won't happen, but yeah. Jimmy Eat World are playing yeah. on the same day. So if they could, you know, do a mashup or something, I don't know how it would work, but if they could make it happen, <laughs> a I'd Jimmy be, Yumi at Six mashup. I'd be really yeah. happy with that. Medley, yeah. that'd be sick. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go. We mentioned him earlier, but I'm gonna go with uh, Lost from Our Sleep, Sam from Architects, um, doing the scream at the end of the consequence. That would be amazing yeah, to get. Yeah, like, a, a long time ago, they got Winston uh, from Parkway Drive and Vigil from the Ghost Inside to do it, and it was one of the sickest things I've ever seen. So yeah, we that. know what I would. Really Really like to see as well is maybe one of the acts from the one extra stage like they, yeah. they've, they've played around with like that scene before mm, yeah um so i would i i wouldn't be surprised if they you know get some a big grime artist on stage oh no like, way yeah it, it, i wouldn't put it past them be well good jack just quickly zealand <laughs> straight up just yeah but guys so many possibilities. You know what to do. Uh, <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, all the best to Josh. Brilliant stuff. Cool. So, uh, it's that time for listener questions. Um, to kick off on Twitter, at C3P underscore O, which we absolutely love. Uh, what's the best show you've ever been to? Uh, Tamsin. I didn't really pick a show for this. I picked a set. That's fine. that's all I could think of. Yeah. Kind of just... I think every episode I'm just going to talk about Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> um, because when they played Reading Festival, I think it was 2014. It could have been 2015. I can't exactly remember. But they played Futures in full mm. in the pit stage, which is a medium-sized tent, I guess you could call it. Um, and they didn't actually confirm it um, that they were going to play Futures in full. It was just uh, they were doing the tour in America at the time and everyone was like, oh my God, what if they do it? What if they do it? What if they do it? And they came on stage and they were like, 10 years ago, we released an album and I screamed so loud, my friend literally looked at me like, I am not with you. (laughs) (laughs) She transcended. Who are you? Yeah. Yeah. And then I pretty much just cried from start to finish. Amazing. That album's a banger as well. Possibly best Jimmy album, actually. Low yeah, key. it's my it's my favourite Jimmy Eat World album, yeah. hands down. So, yeah, as soon as they started playing it in full, I was just there like, oh, my God, I'm <laughs> feeling so no, many night, night Drive, you were just done. Oh, as soon as 23 started, that oh was it. Oh, my God, <laughs> don't get me started. Mate, 23. Oh, so, honestly. all my friends from 
university and we were both just like sobbing. So, you know, you know, on uh, people's birthdays when they do turn 23, a lot of people yeah. play Blink. Yeah, no, I, I, I did, I did Jimmy when I, I, I sat, I sat on my own in my kitchen <laughs> with this massive bottle of Prosecco, just listening, and all my housemates like going, oh, "Happy birthday!" What you go? And I just put this on and just drank from the bottle, and they all just went, "Oh." Bloody hell, Jack, this is a bit bleak. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, my shout, I was going to go, my actual best show I've ever seen is uh, Let Live's first ever UK headline show at the Old Blue Last in 2011. You never, you never them, talk about Oh, that. that's the problem. You I talk about, about them about all them. the time. So I'm not going to go with that. I'm actually going to go with a festival set like Tamsin, also at Reading. Um, Taking Back Sunday at Reading 2006. I was only 14. I was lucky enough to see them on the absolute wave that was louder now uh, back when it was the Fred Mascherino so jealous oh Fred Mascherino Matt Rubano lineup honestly changed my life completely never been the same since um, they finished with uh, a one-two of Cute Without the E and a Decade Under the Influence um, it was when Mate Damn Sure was massive all over the radio and um, it was it was just one of the greatest things I've ever seen that band in their prime was something they're still brilliant but that band in their prime were just uh, yeah, something yeah on that else. album yeah. cycle they nailed it oh big time I remember yeah. seeing them at Give It, Give It a Name when that was still a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, oh, I don't make it anymore, was, do it was, Again, it was just as loud and now was coming out and it was when um, Adam swung his microphone around his neck, which he does, and he smacked the bass player in the head. Yeah, Matt Rabano. Knocked him out. <laughs> was knocked out. Blood uh, everywhere. Blood and blood. Yeah. yeah, that was a set to remember. Yeah, so good. So, so good. Talking about Sunday, we love you. And Jack? Easy. My Chemical Romance, Black Parade Tour, Manchester MEN Arena, just ridiculous like from Gerard being pulled out on a stretcher to the fire and the pyro joined Mama to them leaving the stage after Famous Last Words to come back out as My Chemical Romance and play basically another set Thursday supported like I've I went with my dad and it was just like it was me bridging him to um like my side of things because he was like maiden I said do you yeah. want to come and see My Chemical Romance with me dad <laughs> and he thought it was nonsense but I just like like looking back, just that band were untouchable. Like, and they continue to be it, and they're sorely missed now. But on that tour, like, my God, ridiculous, ridiculous what show. A band. I yeah. feel very privileged to have seen that in its in full, and just the effect that it has on people now. And I was just like there, like with my little little spiky hair, like throwing throwing the horns for an hour <laughs> and a half, like trying to fit in with everyone and. Thursday were great too, I guess. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant yeah. stuff. Easy. Easy stuff, man. Great shouts. Um, at We All Go Mad asks, if you could only listen to one song for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, I'll take the reins on this one. Um, we're going to stick with emo, actually. This is a very emo answering session. Uh, the Use, The Taste of Ink. Um, I think that's... Banger. Yeah, absolute banger. Yeah. That song is um, the best song of the entire uh, emo era, I think, um, which is mad. Absolutely... What? Yeah, it's, I know. Hell, I claims United. I, I, stand, <laughs> I stand by it though. Like I, I, you know, the amount of ludicrous tunes of that era is is it, it says a lot that that is, in my opinion, the absolute pinnacle. I mean, it's got one of the best choruses of all time on it. Um, it, it rages, but it's melodic. It's moving. Burt McCracken's vocal performance on it is 
unbelievable. If you like anything across that entire spectrum, you have to own this song and listen to it on repeat. It's it's one of the greatest songs ever, ever written, I think, and um, co-written by none other than John Feldman, who always comes up. So, uh, yeah. The master of everything. Six, degree, uh, yeah. six degrees of separation. Yeah. yeah. Like, Feldman's done everything. He really has. <laughs> yeah. yeah. L- love him. Love him. Brilliant. Absolute banger. Taste of Ink. Amazing. Jack? Um, I'm gonna go for take this to heart by mayday parade mainly because for one alessian romantics is a flawless album which is only improved with age like a fine french wine um <laughs> but like mixed with tears um, <laughs> um, but I, I choose that one because rather than obvious choices because i just think it's got the most beautiful build to it and different layers of just emotion that derek like bleeds into the song and like, I'm I'm pretty sure at times like when I did first list that album, I just skip. I went through that song again and again and again. And even ten years on, it's still as perfect as it was then. And yeah, I'd I'd happily sit on the desert island and just have that on CD single and just keep playing it until I went mad. Amazing. I'd I'd even let my little football with a face on it. He'd love it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute banger and Sam's in. Um, I've gone for something that's not really is well, it's not Jimmy Eat World. Um, <laughs> I have gone for the Dangerous Summer with Weathered. Oh, oh left field turn, but yeah. huge, huge. Yeah. Um, I had a bit. I, I, when I when I saw the question, I was like, there there are so many answers for this question, but um, yeah, that album, uh is just ridiculous like i still listen to it pretty much on a daily basis and weathered is just a stunning piece of work it's uh, like you said with um mayday parade like on when you're listening to an album there's always like one maybe two songs that you you, you're like you listen to it first time and you're like hang on a minute and you go back and you play again and then you play it again and then you play it again and you just listen to it and it's, I've listened to it so many times now, but I will never, ever, ever get bored of Weathered. It's, it's emo- like, it's really emotional. It's really, like, quite dark. And it's, it, it's a sad song. Um, and it's not the upbeat, jumpy choruses that feature on the rest of that album. Um, and I just think it's beautiful. Amazing. Bangers all round. And to, uh, to finish up, we're going to do our usual just one word answer, one line answer. Uh, on Instagram, Killing Me With Chemistry asks, favourite all-time low album? Tamsin? So wrong, it's right. Don't panic. Don't panic. Yes, get in. Looking, we've got it two to one. <laughs> we Leave me alone. We overlapped <laughs> last week as well, didn't yeah. we? Reason will prevail. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So just quickly to um, to promote the magazine, um, I'll shop by plug. You can uh, you can buy the Neck Deep bundles. They're on sale at shop.rocksound.tv currently, and the uh, print version of the magazine is now available to buy in UK stores. Um, along with Neck Deep on the cover, it also features 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 on uh, MGK um, fan questions while she sleeps. Uh, Straight from the path, uh, my tunes feature with uh, Takamorichi from One OK Rock. Um, the Gospel Youth Saint. Um, yeah, I, I did the piece for Straight from the path actually. Um, um, just very quickly, super, super awesome interview. Um, really, like Tom and, and Drew in that band are um, are amazing voices in our world. So please check that out. Um, and uh, our editorial director Ryan Bird also wrote a very moving tribute to uh, Chester Bennington from Linkin Park. So um, absolutely check that out. Shop.rocksound.tv. Um, so interview number two. 
Miss Tay Jardine. Miss Tay Jardine. Yeah, we were lucky enough, as I say, to catch the band's debut London show last Friday, and uh, Tay came in and had a chat with us before it to uh, talk all things about being back, a time away, and what's inspired Saint, how it's different to We Are The In Crowd. All sorts gave us the full scoop, all the gossip. Um, so yeah, without further ado, Tay Jardine, Saint, here we go. So, uh, Tay, thank you so much for joining us on the Roxanne Podcast. Stoked. <laughs> Stoked to be podcasting. So, long time coming. Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> I'm old now. <laughs> I, actually, I actually end up on stage with um, a wheelchair and... <laughs> Like oxygen tank but it's going well you're, yeah you're oh my gosh it's cool it was it was a blast i actually i got chills multiple times during the show i held back tears i wanted to puke but i didn't i almost tripped but i didn't so it actually was a great great night yeah. no way no oh, <laughs> can't wait for tonight um yeah. cool. so in terms of uh let's get into kind of like the the genesis of saint then to kick mm-hmm. off sure um like first of all how does it feel to be back because i mean it's like say it's been two and a half years since yeah. the last london shows like how's it how's it feeling it feels free it feels great it feels like um it really feels like i'm doing this for the first time in some ways but then there's something in the back of my mind that goes well you got this and you're more confident now because you have done it before so there's like this mixture of like uh more confidence mixed with like excitement because there it's something so new and, and it's starting now so yeah it's it's an interesting feeling but it's great awesome and did, yeah. did you kind of did you feel like you needed that break as well like once you oh my god yeah in crowd and hiatus like was that yep. something you really needed yeah yeah I, I didn't realize i needed it until maybe like maybe six months ago i mean honestly i didn't realize how important that that break was for me mentally um physically like I mean I decided to take that time and work a lot even on my voice you know so the physical physical time off was incredible for that and then just mentally to be um like a real person not on the road all the time was just really fun and exciting and uh, eye-opening for me yeah. that's awesome so in yeah. terms of in terms of we're the in crowd as well like what was did you feel that it just kind of wasn't kind of what you wanted to do anymore at that point and you needed to do something a bit more true to what you were interested in or it, that's true but like at the same time like it was hard to decide that like the want like something that i want to do like i've always wanted to do we are the in crowd and i've never not wanted to do it i just knew that i also wanted to do something Something more mm. and something else so it was just a matter of deciding what's the right thing what's the right want at this time you know so um yeah i don't know if that makes any sense no, but no. Like, yeah that's yeah. kind of how it felt awesome cool so in terms of like when you started to put something together mm-hmm. it did just feel a lot more kind of natural at that point and kind of just something much more i guess that you were more stoked about really in terms of songwriting yeah and uh yeah really is it it's a natural feeling it's something that like um, I mean, honestly, I was there was moments where I was against the idea because I th- thought that it wasn't in me or I thought that, um, you know, maybe maybe we can just push these songs into making them more of a weird in crowd vibe or something like that. And the more that I would think like that, the less it seemed worth it, mm. you know, to do something like something like that. So, um 
yeah just it's just so natural that's awesome yeah. and I guess as well like when you started to put the, the songs together mm-hmm. um, there was kind of uh, you, you really took your time and putting everything together was mm-hmm. that because you wanted it to be when you came back did you want everything to be absolutely perfect yeah totally there was a lot of like perfecting everything because we had the time um, there was no like rules saying you can't you know, you have to put it out this time or whatever. Like, the, you know, there's no label. There's no, like, top guys saying, like, you know, this is the right way to do it or change this picture or don't wear that. It was just, mm. like, I can spend the time and figure out how I want this to look and mm. work with the people who are behind the project with me to just perfect it, yeah. Cool. So, I mean, was that... So, I guess having that kind of extra time and you didn't have those limitations of, say, you know, a label and that sort of thing, was that a much kind of more free experience? Oh, yeah. Totally. And did that affect the songwriting? Um, No, because that decision wasn't made... That decision was made after. Oh, I see. Songs were... The songs were written. Um, But, I mean, they were still written, uh, you know, in that you know, free or liberating feeling with those feelings because Mm. it was during the songwriting when all of these ideas came about, you know, to make and create Saint. Cool. So I guess as well then in terms of uh, what you were writing and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing, like did it, what what was kind of inspiring that? Because with Smile and Wave, it's, it's, I mean, it's very pop, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's like you've really embraced your pop stuff. Because obviously there was a lot of that in in We Are The In Crowd, but you know, you've really, really followed that. I am a pop nerd like on the way here we were talking about like uh old like cds that we've had and if i opened up my like cd case you know that has like the pages of cds it's all pop music i didn't really know a lot of the pop punk stuff or rock stuff until way later on or even when weird in crowd started and the guys would tell me like oh have you heard this and i was like no and they're like what you know i was that kid that had no idea what anything was in the van so now i was like talking i'm like yeah i still have ace of bass in my thing i have britney spears i'm in sync i have you know aqua like all these really <laughs> like interesting uh i don't know interesting albums that i think just create my natural taste in music so i think it makes complete sense that these are way more poppy awesome yeah. and it's as well lyrically like the ep is <clears> very um so it's quite defiant and it feels very personal um mm-hmm. did you feel that there were certain things that maybe that you wanted to address or settle or things like that sure. lyrically yeah i mean there was that conversation every day in the studio like oh wow okay. yeah like this one's going to be about this like you know everyone keep that in mind kind of thing like whether it even be like the lead to sound more like that feeling or whatever no way yeah i think we always talked about like what the song is supposed to be about before it's just like let's write lyrics to this one Mm. like i mean sometimes that would happen but for the most part i would say there's usually a theme yeah so there was a real point to everything you were saying especially across the ep yeah for sure Uh, and i mean as well um, if you ever feel alone um feels very uh it's it's you're you're talking about difficult things but Mm -hmm. it feels very positive as well that's the point yeah and 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 because that song has such an upbeat and positive feeling Mm. it's that it is that song you can go to and be like wow like no not only is she saying like she's not you know i'm not the only one feeling you know these these issues or dealing with any of these like internal battles but this song makes me feel really happy you know so it's like yeah it's totally supposed to be a a, like happy 
mood booster. Awesome, and, and that is, yeah, I mean, I guess as well, and I guess you could say it for the Holy P as well, and that mm-hmm. it is dealing with, like you say, very sort of specific and serious things, but the way it sounds and the way it feels is yeah. so vibrant and happy. And, and honestly, like, that's sort of how I feel uh, with Saint in general. Like, we've always discussed, like, is Saint a solo project? Is Saint a band? Is What is Saint? I'm like, Saint is the place I go to to feel better, you know? And, like, it is totally me, but it's it's also, like, an outlet. So it's, I don't know, I, I really like Saint. <laughs> <laughs> but do you I feel like that it? Way? <laughs> it's cool. Oh, man, well, so do I. I mean, like, do, do, you, do you feel that maybe there needs to be a bit more of that as well in terms of, like, the music in general at the moment? Because everything, mm-hmm. it tends to go to different extremes, I think. Yeah. It, either bands go for very sort of light, fluffy themes or they go totally the other way and it's very sort of serious you know i mean to each their own i mean every once in a while i love to hear a song that's maybe not as like um lyrically driven and it just makes me feel good so i mean yeah to each their own really is my answer to that For sure yeah like, uh, and in terms of um moving forward with saint and like you know with we're the in crowd in the past now is that very much the plan like is there gonna be more saint songs in the future yeah right now up? saint is 100 percent my focus awesome yeah cool so more tours more oh more, yeah yeah no stopping today yeah. <laughs> i quit <laughs> so, so after these shows there's there are a lot of plans of course yeah. yeah absolutely and people at home can I know I don't want to like press you to give away anything away, but can people at home look out for things soon maybe? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't say too away. much, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, get excited about that. It's gonna be awesome. And um as well, you're playing. Uh, we chatted about this before we hit record. You're playing in crowd songs a little bit in the. This is this isn't a spoiler because they'll go out. That's all right. I mean, we already spoiled it by playing the first show and it going all over Twitter. Right, so. yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I guess with that, is that kind of um, something that you? I mean, honestly, it's just about not forgetting like where we all came mm. from. Like, you know, it's not like uh, this. This totally is, you know, my new journey. But like, it's it's not like a not putting my fingers up and saying F you Watik like that's totally not this so it's sort of like just saying like hey like I'm still about these songs too like this is great and I know that you know I, I know that that's what they want to hear too like I know I know that if I went to a show this actually happened to me before I went to the, um, I used to love the Academy is and that we brought uh, William Beckett on tour with us and I was like man I really hope he plays the Academy is songs and I'm thinking I was like man but if I was a solo guy like I don't know if I'd want to play those and every now and then he did and I got that feeling that nostalgic feeling and I was like yeah so I know what it's like and I, I just feel like they they deserve that feeling too yeah so I mean you know? I think it's important because I mean obviously we've actually chat about this on the podcast that sometimes you know bands do kind of bin off songs and that sort of thing yeah. like people kind of or if people go solo they just ignore what they've done yeah and, and it's hard to like go back because you kind of feel like you're taking steps backwards um, but ultimately you're not it's, yeah yeah that's very cool and like so I guess as well to finish up then in terms mm-hmm. of um, you know maybe future material and things like that obviously you know the EP's only just come out so you're focusing yeah. on that but like just in terms of like we've talked a lot about how the EP goes to so many different places uh-huh. could Saint go you know to any of those places in the future maybe even more oh yeah also like I said these songs were written like almost two years ago like I definitely have a lot more in my life that has happened so yeah, I I could I would love to like get in the studio tomorrow. Like that would be great.
Awesome. So uh, that was my chat with Tay Jardine of Saint or as Saint. Um, yeah, really, really cool. Like those guys are so awesome. Uh, we had such a good chat about pop and her really following her pop side. And obviously, there's always those elements of that in We Are the In Crowd. But um, you know, she's been able to follow so many different things now from that, and it really feels like she seems so happy and in high spirits. It feels like she's really doing what she wants to do now, and that's awesome. Uh, Tamsin. Um, yeah, I think that was it was a really good interview actually, and I think there's a, a few things I took from it. One being, um, she said she wasn't really into the idea of doing Saint when it first became a sort of a thought that got put out there, um, and I think that probably comes down from her own confidence issues, really about like you know being the sole member. I guess it's not we're still not really sure if it's a band, if it's a solo project. She just as she said, it's just a place she goes to feel better, which I think is a really nice way to approach a new project. Very cool. Um it like said like she said, you know, it's very freeing, it's very liberating just to kind of just to write how she feels and you know, and put these incredible pop melodies along to it. Um so I think I mean we are the in crowd did a lot. They toured the world, they they ticked off so many things. Um for a band to do but I feel like Saint is going to be a lot bigger um I think partially because it can appeal to so many people you know there's people that will like rock music but also really really have like a guilty pleasure towards pop they're going to enjoy it but you know people outside of the rock world I think you know Saint has the possibility to go mainstream as well and that's not a bad thing oh yeah um I think yeah there, there are so many possibilities with with the project and it's nice to see her so excited about it. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think this could go massive as well. I mean, um, Smile and Wave, bit of a banger, Jack. Every t- Sorry, every time I hear that, I just think of Madagascar with the penguins. <laughs> Smile away, boys. Smile Smile away. I can't, like, every time I see it, hear it, whatever, I just think of penguins. Oh, I mean, like, now, thanks. Yeah, I mean, sorry. I mean, like, it's, yeah, I love penguins, so I'm not, I'm not really... It's a very good I'm, thing. I'm not really that angry. It's a very you know? good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, Smile Wave, it's brilliant. Oh, yeah. It? Like, it's great. I think the thing which picked up when Tay was talking about it is it works very much on the same levels that After Laughter does, the new Paramore album, in that she's made this such a joyous, fun, multicoloured, like, vibrant world for herself. But she's really opened up about, like, how hard the past few years have been for her and, like, going through, you know, the confusion of what she wanted to be or who she wanted to be and what she wanted to do. And I think it's something which is resonating with a lot of people. I mean, like, we can... We'll talk a little about the show last Friday. Oh, yeah. Which me and Will were at. And to see that many people... Like, for me, the biggest part was how devoted the people are towards Tay and following her in this new direction. Like, the queue to, like, get pictures with her and sign in at the Hoxton Bar and Kitchen, that's full name. Yeah, full name, nice. Full full name. (laughs) um, Was just ridiculous, and people were just loving her. You could see in her face just how much it meant. And you could see on stage as well how much it meant as well. Like, she was just loving being in the spotlight, like, the multicoloured spotlight. Yeah. Because there were so many lights. Oh, mate, yeah. And the atmosphere in there was electric, yeah, I thought, like, like... And for, like, I know it's second show as well for this new project, but you can tell the experience of We Are The In Crowds shines through with her. Like, she's a professional, but she's also... You could 
tell how much it meant for people singing along to these new songs and going off to these new songs. Oh, yeah, they were grinning on stage, and it was just such a good vibe, yeah. wasn't it? You could uh, tell they, they just wanted to be there and nowhere else. Yeah, you know? like, and I think go, going forward, like to be able to do that, to come over here and play your first two shows ever in the UK and get that reaction, like the night before was at the Soup Kitchen, best venue name ever oh, yeah. in, in Manchester. Like, it's it's just great and just bodes so well for the future. Oh, and, yeah. Like, and just speaking to her and hearing you speak to her, like, she's just so open about, like, who she is now and confident. And that's just going to keep going bigger and better. And just going forward, I really hope that people outside who aren't already on board with Saint, but were with We Are The In Crowd, just get involved as well and, like cherish this as much as they did that band definitely yeah and definitely more to come I mean I know Tay didn't reveal anything but I, I get the sense that we're going to be hearing a lot more of Saint very soon um, talking to Joyous as well dance moves Jack on Friday <laughs> I mean <laughs> right I, I think it's just when when I really like something the shoulders come out <laughs> yeah it was your eyes shut and you started moving it was like yeah, oh I yeah I mean so, sometimes I just do it because it's like you know <laughs> and, and as well I, I just like I know when you sit at the back of the room as well, like with with a view, you know, free rain. Well, well, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's close to the bar. I'm as really well. sad I missed out on this. <laughs> I, I mean, am so sad. Well, you've, see, you've seen me dancing. I've seen shows, you dancing. You? I've seen you uh, silent discos um, <laughs> at festivals over the summer has been a highlight for me. Uh, can confirm Jack's moves are excellent. They were brilliant. It was the first time I'd seen them, and as soon as Lighthouse came in, he was just, it was, he was, I mean, it's a slow jam anyway, and he was just grooving away. Well, so. I mean, mate, you've only, Having a little shimmy. <laughs> tip of the iceberg, mate. Like, <laughs> oh, by the time they dropped Rumour Mill at the very end, you were, oh, I yeah. think we're going to run the pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I considered it. I, I thought there was a part of me going, I, oh, is there a crowd surf in me? But I thought, no, save save it for another day. I would day. have loved to have seen you crowd an... surfed at a Saint show and just high five Tay. Next time. I didn't want to be the one guy, you know. Like, there's always <laughs> the one. And yeah, I've, I'll, sa- I'll save it for the next time. I'll, sa- I'll save it for Brixton when, yeah. when, when, when that eventually That's happens, the one, you know? man. So yeah, shout out to Tay, shout out Mike, shout out Cam, all those guys. Awesome. So, um, yeah, uh, weekly feature now. Tips from hosts are our shouts. Um, this week, to tie it in with what I've been talking about with Saint, um, we're going to do um, our favourite project when someone from uh, a band have been much loved has started something new. Um, so, I think Jack, start with you. Mine is Issues. Oh, good shout. If you didn't know who Issues were, who this brilliant band are, they started life, saw the members as Woe Is Me, who brought out some absolutely brutal riffs um in the early in the early not not in the noughties in the early tens it was yes and then there was a bit of discontent in the band and they split off but then from that issues was born which is this perfect hybrid of like pop sensibility and new metal like new metal worship and like just it just molds together into this absolutely amazing band, unlike anything else people are doing. The de- debut um, self-titled album is near perfection. Tyler Carter's voice is like caramel. Um, it's like it was made from angels. Oh yeah, like and and when he fully goes for it, when he goes full like Whitney or full like <laughs> full, full like Justin Timberlake, it's yeah, just like full JT. Um, yeah, like I think like they've got. Um, new album should be coming very very soon but i'd say get on the train now like because they are just 
stunning. Yeah, if you don't know Issues, check them out. They're unlike any other band. They're actually talking the best shows ever. Uh, their debut uh, London show um, in 2013 is up there for me. That went off. So that was mental. Well, yeah, well, just to point out, if you do want to have a starting point, start with that first EP. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Start, start with, um, go straight on King of Amarillo. Yeah. Like, perfect. Black Diamond is an absolute... Perfect pit song. I'd say it's a classic now, actually. Uh, yeah, Black Diamond's banger. Uh, Tamsin? I'm going to go for a slightly off the wall kind of someone that's not maybe directly involved with our scene but is still very much relevant um it's a it's a man with exquisite eyebrows called uh, <laughs> charlie simpson um for those of you who don't know who charlie simpson is he started life in the now revived band busted who were kind of like they were they were a pop band um very they were pop band with guitars, essentially. Um, they all very, play guitar, didn't they? Very, very controversial back in the day. I, I mean, I was 11, 12, I think, when they when they came out. So it was a long time ago. Um, Charlie then left and started a new band called Fight Star, which was just like disgustingly heavy. Um, Love and they, they put out some incredible albums. I've been re-listening to Grand Unification oh, what an a album. lot recently. Um Banger. <laughs> <laughs> and um, oh, I love them. I thought Fights were, Fights were great and I really, really enjoyed everything they, they put out. And then, he's a man of all trades, is Charlie. Uh, he decided to go solo and kind of focus on the music that he grew up listening to um, and produced some stunning albums on his solo record. Um, I think he's got two. He's got he does two. have two. He's yeah. got two and then he... Uh, released one before rejoining Busted a couple of years ago, um, which was uh, kind of live versions and a few B-sides as well, which I, I, I you need to go and listen to because they are all absolutely stunning. Um, and if you like This Wildlife, um, any sort of acoustic-y, um, Elder Brother, those sorts of bands, if you like that music, go and listen to Charlie Simpson solo records because they are just beautiful. For sure, brilliant shout. Um, finish up, I'm going to go with Head Automatica. Um, Daryl Palumbo of Glassjaw. Uh, Glassjaw are a um, turn of the millennium, um, I guess like post-hardcore, kind of emo, screamo bands that completely redefined everything, basically. And they've influenced everyone from Let Live to Don Broco to Brimmy the Horizon um, in the modern day scene. Um, so their singer, Daryl, um, he, he he kind of stopped Glassjaw after two albums. Um, and he came back with this project called Hell Automatica, the um, complete left field turn. Uh, it's basically a pop band um, with this album called Decadence that is just a dance floor monster. Like, you might know a song, if you don't know the band, you might know a song called Beating Heart Baby. Which on the, they are a total banger. Like, as I say, it's just an absolute dance floor destroyer. Like, um, it's, it is pop perfection, that album. And then they followed it up two years later with uh, an album called Popaganda, which is a bit less electronic and kind of uh, neon and danceful-like and just straight up pop bangers, basically. There's a song in it called Graduation Day, which is just an absolute 12 out of 10 tune. Um, I think anyone into bands of the modern day, like Water Parts, we talked about Chapel last week, um, and then even sort of uh, more pop punky bands, but, but who lean on the, the poppy and melody side of things, like with confidence and things like that, you can all get on board with Head Automatica. Like, they're so open in so many different styles, and um, just the choruses and the melodies, man, like, they're so cool, you know? And they still, those albums are over 10 years old now, and they just both still stand up. Um, Daryl is just an absolute genius of a vocalist. Hooks for days. Head Automatica, check them out. Awesome. So uh, that brings us to our final interview. Um, 
Very special. Um, you've been asking for him, Mr. Dallin Weeks. Um, he's a very secret project. Um, it's bass player Panic at Disco, and he's been playing shows with um, Ryan Seaman, ex Fallen and Reverse drummer, uh, and this moniker called I Don't Know How, but they found me. And um, it's generated this crazy mental fan following to the point where a, a massive fan website's been created but there's still been so much mystery and um, a live album a kind of bootleg live album's been put together of live recordings of the songs have been playing it's absolutely insane taking on a life of its own so what do we do we went and spoke to Dallin because we wanted to find out exactly what this is when we're going to hear music what's going on and he was an absolute dude and let us do it and we had a brilliant chat so here we go, world exclusive, Mr. Dallin Weeks. I don't know how, but they found me. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Like, it's a real pleasure to have you on. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess what we want to talk about then is, um, I, I don't know how, but they found me. Um, we're massively intrigued by everything that's going on with it. Um, so basically, just, what is it? Um, well, it's a little project that I've uh, been working on kind of in secret uh, for the last year or so. Um, I've ended up, uh, with uh, some time on my hands and a, a whole backlog of songs and ideas with no real outlet to to use them in. So I just created one in my, my spare time. I I, um, uh, I made a record, went to a bunch of friends, places that had like studios that were willing to like give me an hour here and an hour there to, to piece this thing together. And um, my friend Ryan, who I've known for like 10 years, came in to do the drums on the record. And as we I've known him for like a decade, but, um, you know, we rarely get to see each other. He was in a similar situation as me, you know, working for working and touring for another band. Um, so we just got to talking about wanting to do something in our spare time. So that's sort of how the idea of working together came about. But, um, but, uh, yeah, it's been fun so far and it's been kind of, kind of fun to see the, the reaction of, of this, uh, you know, of, of fans finding out about what we've been doing, secretly so oh man that's so awesome no no it's really really cool and and so going on what you've said then so a full album is, is done um nearly i i, I mean uh, it's it's been a process just because I, I don't really have you know a huge budget for this thing and um my my skills at recording on my own are pretty limited i've, I've been learning over the last year but i, I still don't uh, I, I don't know it all that's that's for sure so uh, it's nearly finished. Um, I, I could have called it finished a while ago, but I recently wrote uh, a song that I, I really want to add to the record. So I'm, I'm putting the finishing touches on that one right now. Awesome. And in terms of sound then, cause I mean, um, I've checked out the, the live footage of the, of the, the show at the Viper room. Um, it's, okay. um, it's very kind of, you know, it's very rocking and very stompy. I mean, like it's really cool. Like what's it, what, what's kind of the general sound of the, of the project? Um, well, I, I, I've, when I was making the record, I, I was listening to a lot of like, um, Sparks and seventies Bowie and like Joe Jackson and, um, Oingo Boingo too. Um, stuff like that was, was kind of pretty influential when I was making this record. Um, you know, not necessarily wanting to, to sound like any of those artists, but I, I was listening to a lot of that stuff and wanted to create something that was in sort of in the same vein, had the same feel to it, you know. So ho hopefully, it's in that neighborhood somewhere. 
Awesome. And, and is this, did you, with the project itself, did you, was this, were you kind of stitching this together um, in between stuff with Panic or like how was it working on a time scale? Uh, it it kind of was that, yeah. I, I would be writing stuff while we were on the road and, you know, bits and pieces here and there. But um, it, was, it was all pretty casual because there was no, you know, pressure to, to make a record. It was just something that I wanted to do. So I need any spare moment that I had would be, you know, sitting down to either write or record this thing. Awesome, and it's as I say. I mean, we were chatting about the sort of the the already sort of dedicated following that the 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 project's uh, receiving. Um, it, it like I mean, even to the point of you know, someone's kind of bootlegged a, a live album of all the tracks you've been playing and everything, which is which is mad. I didn't know like, that. That's crazy. Yeah, man, that's really really cool. Um, is it, how does that feel like to have this following already? Uh, well, it feels really good. I mean, I mean, going into it. Ryan and I both knew that there would be fans that uh, would come in and give us a chance, um, regardless of whether it was good or not. You know, we were going to have uh, be a little ahead of the game because of that. So we didn't want to exploit, you know, fans uh, and take advantage of anybody. That's kind of one of the reasons why we started playing in secret. Um, uh, we we both wanted to, you know, kind of find find our roles and find out what this thing is going to be. So we decided to start playing around Los Angeles in secret for people who, you know, didn't know who we were, didn't care what bands we were from and see what kind of reaction that we could get. And, um, so it's, it's been uh, interesting to, to see it grow naturally from that. That was kind of important to, to, for us to, to do, to, to be as honest about exposing it to people as we can and to, to have it grow as, as naturally as we can too. Cause, cause we knew that we would have, uh, you know, people coming in regardless. So that's very cool. And, and in terms of like, it's obviously you mentioned Bowie and Oingo Boingo and, and uh, artists like that. Um, was this kind of, is the project a way of kind of, um, fueling those personal musical, uh, passions of yours that maybe that are, are separate to, to, you know, panic and the same for Ryan as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose it is. It's, uh, you know, like I, I mentioned some artists, you know, that I was listening to at the time. And while I, I regard that stuff as influences, I, I really feel like, uh, you know, there's artists that I love that I don't necessarily want to sound like. Um, but uh, influences come, come from everywhere. And a lot of the time they're even subliminal. You know, it might be like a, a, an old song from Sesame Street or something <laughs> like that that you saw when you were a kid, you know? Yeah. Awesome, yeah. So there was so it was a lot of different stuff. Kind of, it was just. It, it sounds like you um, when you were writing these songs. You know, you were very um, inspired by so many things. Then, yeah, it, it comes from everywhere. It comes from movies and, and television and, and books and anything that I, you know, kind of uh, consume, whether on purpose or not. You know, that those things kind of sink in and inspire the art that you make. Yeah, for sure. And in terms of the name of the band as well, like where did where did that come from? <laughs> that that came from uh, the film Back to the Future, which was a really favorite of mine growing up. It's it's that moment when Doc Brown realizes that the Libyan nationalists have found him in the 
the the parking lot of the Twin Pines Mall at the top of the movie. <laughs> I always really liked that that uh, that phrase. It was a movie I really love. I still it's probably my favorite movie, but um, that phrase in particular always kind of stuck with me. It's such a such a cool sounding phrase. It sounds like there's more to more behind that sentence than than the movie lets you know. So. Yeah, for sure. No, as soon as you uh, as soon as you said it, actually, I could imagine the quote in my head. So yeah, no, it's very cool. <laughs> and um, and in terms of the uh, the recorded music, obviously you're still finishing things off. But um, is is the uh, the plan to maybe get get something out there to people this year? Yeah, as soon as possible, really. And I mean, um, it, it's something that I've been working on for a while, and uh, I hadn't really planned on, you know, making it this this public as as early as it's been but uh fans have started to find out what we've been doing and showing up to shows and so it's kind of made us put everything into high gear and and try to get it out there as as quickly as possible um, but uh in a in the most effective way possible I'm, as well i mean we we want this thing to be as successful as it can be um you know so so we're trying to to hurry but also be smart about it so yeah definitely so so when you were when you kind of um started coming up with ideas and plans for the project then you, you didn't you didn't necessarily kind of know that this was going to happen and this is all kind of a a, a a nice surprise in a way uh yeah that's that's definitely been the case i mean there there are things that uh we we knew to expect you know like uh like i mentioned before we knew, we knew that there would be uh Panic fans and Falling Universe fans that would come and, and check us out and, and give us a chance because of that. Um, so we wanted to be respectful as we could to, you know, the bands that we were playing for and and as respectful as we could to those fans too. We it would have been very easy to sort of you know do a press release and and advertise and say hey come check out this thing we're doing. But um, there was something about that that kind of felt. Uh, uh, disingenuous to me. I, I think it's a lot more meaningful when you're able to discover a band on your own. You know. Yeah, definitely. No, no, completely. I mean, and that's and that's the thing. That's what one of the things that's so cool about this is that it really does. It feels so. Um, so kind of natural you know i mean we've had people you know writing into us asking you know oh, when are you going to speak to dallin like we want to know what this is and all this stuff you know and um awesome. yeah it's really cool so it's uh it feels like it's just kind of the the, the sort of following and the whole the band as a, as a thing has taken on its kind of um this life of its own which is really really cool um so yes yeah, so, i mean like yeah i guess um and in future like is this sort of are there going to be more shows or is it just kind of you're just finishing off the album or kind of what's the plan it's kind of both right now. We're we're doing a little run of shows at uh, the end of this month, um, kind of a you know a miniature tour. It's only like four or five dates uh, across a couple of states, and because um, uh, you know we're we're not a we're not a, a big uh, institution yet. We don't have a, a van or thing. We're we're borrowing things. It's a, it's a very DIY operation cool. right now. So um, everything that we're doing is on a pretty small scale, but uh, we're trying to to get our feet wet, cut our teeth, so to speak, and um, just get busy because we do want to put the record out as soon as possible, and we want to play as many shows as we can too. So both of those things are important to us. Awesome, man! I can't wait to hear the recorded stuff. Like it's going to be really, really cool. Yeah, I can't wait to get it out. Awesome. So uh, yeah, hopefully that gives you all the answers you've been asking for. Um, Jack, like big, yeah? World at 
Exclusive. <laughs> yes. I was smashing these out. Um, I've been watching all you lot like lose your little minds over Dallin this week. And the dedication to this is ridiculous. And to hear like how much he's how much passion he's got and how in some cases he didn't even really know these things existed. Like he's just been doing his thing and making music while this thing has been building around him. And for for you to be able to tell him about these few things and him go, Oh, that's awesome is really cool. Um I think as well what I really like about uh, that chat was that he's very honest that it's going to be something quite different. And I think it's going to be something that people aren't really expecting. And I think that, you know, coming from the panic background, like people expect a certain level of like sass or a certain level of just like pop sensibility. But some of the influences he was going for, like the best band name ever, Oingo Boingo. I'm mental. <laughs> I, know, I did not expect that. Yeah. Like, Boingo, boingo. <laughs> yeah, and like 70s Bowie yeah. as well. I mean, yeah. I think you're right. I think in the, um, anyone who's a Panic fan can get on board with this because it's got that slightly glam edge and that kind of, you know, that sort of neon cabaret feel. But it is something totally different oh, as well. Oh, yeah. And I think it's just, it's so exciting to see what's, like, what's actually going to happen with it. Like, if it, like, if an album's coming, like, what form it's going to take, like, when he actually plays shows, how mad this is going to be. Like, yeah. this, this is a phenomenon in the making. Mate, it's just taken on a life of its own. I mean, like, I think he was, he was just, he just sounded surprised the entire chat. You know, it was crazy. Tam's in. Oh, I mean, I love that he doesn't even know himself, like, how big a deal this has been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think their band name just kind of sums it all up, like... He literally doesn't know how all the all the fans have found out <laughs> everything about them. Yeah. Um, but I also love how sneaky they've been with things. I remember when um, I first started seeing the name around and I was like, what is this? Did some did some Googling, did some researching, and I was like, all right, Dallin's up to something. Yeah. Um, and like for example, their their live show in LA at the Viper Room. Um they didn't really an- announce it as a band. As it wasn't him going, my new band is playing here on this date. He, like there was like uh, a photo went up of um, a guy just eating in a room, which is in one of their houses. And there was in like the top right corner, in like the far wall, was the poster for the show. Amazing. And it was just it was just like, oh, here's my housemate eating his breakfast. And it took like quite a few people to f- be like, hang on what is that in the corner? <laughs> and like, that is the only bit they did to announce that show. And it was just like, well, you're just going to have to turn up and find out, aren't you? Mm, and I've, seen, I've, I've watched videos and like Darren's glittered up and before they even start the performance, he comes on and does like an introduction. So it, it's like a circus act. He's like, you know, I prepare yourself for the show. Like it's very dramatic. He hits some incredible notes. Um, and it's really like the whole thing is very, very dramatic, a little bit panic-esque, you know, how Brendan is a showman. Yeah, he's definitely taken he's, influence. Yeah, He's doing it in his own way. And as he said, it's a very DIY operation. Like he doesn't really have a budget. He's just kind of doing it and seeing what happens. And I think, I think that's a really nice, nice way to go about it. He doesn't want to, you know, mug off any panic fans. He just wants to make music and do his own thing for a bit while, you know, Brendan's off being a Broadway star. Um, and it's just he's just appreciating people 
taking the time to listen. So cool. Um, yeah, I mean, they've announced a, a miniature tour um, up that's coming up uh, in the States. So any any US listeners, go to those shows, let us know how they are, because we are, we are jealous. If you could FaceTime us, that would be really yeah, nice. Yeah, FaceTime us be amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say, I get a feeling as though, because these are just the beginning, like, it's just... The rate that it's going, it's going to go UK, it's going to go Singapore, it's going to go France. Like, this is just going to go worldwide World very, like, very, very quickly. <laughs> just, like, it's popular demand. And yep. I think, like, Dallin, just get on a plane and just keep flying. Like, just, just do it, Dallin. Like, Insane. it's going to go off. Insane. So exciting. So uh, we can't wait to see how that transpires. But a uh, big shout out to Dallin. Uh, we hope that we've given you guys out there everything you wanted to know. Um, so, so exciting. So, um, awesome. So, we're coming to an end of this week's episode. Um, oh, no, it's, it always goes too quickly. I have such a good time. And it's like, ah. Oh. Um, but, yeah, shout out to um, the Neck Deep bundles that are on sale now at shop.rocksound.tv. Uh, and as I say, the uh, version, the print version of the magazine is now available to buy in UK stores uh, featuring Saint, MGK, Tacker, loads of cool stuff. Um, our Scuzz TV show has also launched. Very, very cool. It's so good. So good. So good. Yep. Yeah, so check that out. Be there. Scuzz. Watch that. Let us know what you think. And uh, keep checking the online. Be there with us. Um, World Exclusive Breaking. We're going to be talking to so many people coming up. This is going to be a regular weekly thing. Just bringing World Exclusives every week. It's That's fine. It. No biggie. Just dropping them. Yeah, just, just, just pick them up from scenes, because you know. <laughs> like, like, I love so many. Just fill your basket. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so yeah, last week, as I say, we had the Andy Beersack exclusives. This week, we've got Dallin and Josh and Tay. So much more coming up. Next week, we're going to be talking to uh, the amazing, wonderful Ling Gun from Paris on album release day. We cannot wait to do that, talk all things album two. We're also going to be talking to Britain Bond from Wage War to talk also album two, those crazy album scales, bringing a bit of mosh to the podcast as well. And also, it's going to be introduction of a new monthly feature that's going to be a new band spotlight. Uh, I mentioned um, Stand Atlantic as my favorite new band last week. Um, so we're going to be talking to frontwoman Bonnie Fraser about about all things Stand Atlantic and why you should be in on that band. So, uh, guys, it's been emotional. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe, get us on Twitter at Rocksound, get us on Instagram, Rocksound, Facebook. Write to us, let us know what you think. Just talk to us, man. It's going to be so cool. Um, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. Love you. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye.